Well, I'd like to give you all a very warm welcome to our family service this morning. It's good to see many faces here, some new faces. Lovely to have you with us. Um, just before I start, um, I'd just like to say those whose children came here yesterday, what a privilege it was to have them here. They were absolutely fantastically well behaved. They enjoyed everything that they got involved in. Um, I hope they didn't come back too exhausted. But I hope they did sleep for you very well last night. I know um, I heard that some did, so that was really good. But um, the children, did you enjoy it yesterday? Yeah, were you tired last night when you got home? No? Oh, we didn't do enough to wear you out, but um, no, it was lovely having them, and like I said, the children were so well behaved, so they're a credit to you as um, parents, so thank you for that. Um, just uh, to say to you, if any of you have small children here and they, they get a bit fidgety during the service, don't worry that we do have a crash. so if you go out the, the back doors here, through the first set of double doors and the first... Um, Exit, uh, exit, entrance into the left-hand side. The creche is in there. There's lots of toys and stuff and people to, to look after your children. So you're more than welcome to use our creche that's available there. And just a reminder as well that afterwards we have refreshments um, in our Sunday school hall. So you're all welcome to stay afterwards. There's there's teas, coffees, drinks and donuts. Lots of donuts. I've seen lots of them. I was very tempted last night when I brought the boxes home to have a few. But but um, I did uh, avoid doing that. Otherwise I'd have been told off by Steph. She wouldn't have been very happy with me. So... Um, I avoided that. But please stay, enjoy um, refreshments with us afterwards. And the service is a little bit different because it's a family service this morning, so we're going to be singing in a moment, um, and then Mark's going to be giving us a children's talk in a little bit, where the children will come up the front as usual and sit at the front, and then hopefully we're going to have some of you as a, well, all of you hopefully, you learnt a memory verse yesterday, and we're going to see how much you remembered, and you're going to try and say it this morning, especially the younger ones as well, we learnt that as well, didn't we, very well, so hopefully we're going to do that, and we learnt a new song yesterday, so we're going to sing that as well, so that'll be really interesting, and then Mark's going to come and speak to us, he's got a message for us, and it's based on what the children were learning about yesterday, so we're really um, looking forward to that. So we're going to start this morning um, by singing our first song. O God, beyond all praising, we worship you today and sing the love amazing that songs cannot repay. For we can only wonder at every gift you send. And please, please stand when the music starts. going to pray before the Jewish well that's my mistake sorry about that but after I've prayed then Mark will be coming up to to do the Jewish well but it's good to know that you're very keen to to come up here shall we just pray to God dear heavenly father we thank you so much to be able to come here this morning to worship a God that is beyond all praising Lord no matter what praises we bring they are still not enough to praise you Lord, you are the mighty God, the powerful God, the God of all creation. And we thank you so much that, that you are a loving God, that you love your people. 
that you were willing to sacrifice your own son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come to this world, to lay down his life, to pay the punishment that we deserve for our sins. Lord, we know that we do so many things wrong in your sight. We know that we are not deserving of your love. Yet, you've shown mercy and grace to your people through that sacrifice that Jesus has paid. And Lord, we thank you so much that that this gospel message that we have, Lord, is not a complicated one. It's not one that we do not understand. It is so simple. If we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, we will be saved. And we thank you so much for that. We thank you that if we put our trust in you, we can know that our sins have been forgiven and we can look forward to that inheritance in heaven to be with you for eternity. And we thank you that once we put our trust in you, you work in our lives, you help us. You help us through the hard and difficult times in our lives. You're there with us through the joyful times and we can really, really praise you for them and we thank you. Lord, sometimes we feel really alone in this world. Lord, we can get into some very dark place, but Lord, we thank you so much that that you tell us that you stick closer to us than a brother. And we thank you that you are a God of compassion, a God of mercy, and a God that sticks with his people through the good and the bad times. Lord, we thank you for yesterday. We thank you for the time that we had at the spring Bible weekend. Lord, we thank you for so many prayers that were answered. Lord, we were very concerned a few weeks before about the weather. It didn't look too too good, but yet the sun was out yesterday. We were able to sit out and have a picnic on the field. And Lord, we had such a great and fun time. The children all came and enjoyed it. And Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you that you do hear and answer your people's prayers. We thank you that you are a faithful God. And Lord, we just pray about yesterday. We just thank you so much for, for the time had. We thank you so much for how well the children behaved and we especially are so thankful for the good time that the children had. There were so many smiles, so much laughter. We just are so thankful and praise you for that. And Lord, we're so thankful for those messages that we heard about Jesus, the life giver. No one else can give life except that of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for those two messages that were spoken yesterday. We thank you for the way that the children sat, listened and understood. And we just pray Lord, that you'd have been working in hearts there to make them understand truly who you are. And we thank you for all of those involved yesterday. We thank you for, for all the teams behind it, whether it be the crafts, the setup, or um, leading the groups, Lord. Lord, there are so many people that put so much time and effort and heart into that, that event yesterday, and we thank you for it. We thank you that there are so many people here in this church that want to serve you in this way. Lord God, we do pray this morning as well for people that we know that that can't be with us, that might be poorly or ill, might be recovering. Lord, we just pray that you will continue to be with them, help them to heal, and we pray that they will be um, back um, with us um, soon. Lord, we pray for this morning, we pray for for the message that uh, Mark will be speaking to us. We pray that you will help Mark as as he speaks to the children first in a moment. And again, as he speaks to us as a congregation, Lord, we pray that that you will help Mark as he speaks about this life-giving Jesus, Lord. Lord, do be with us now then, we do pray, and continue to be with us. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I've got it right this time. It is children's turn to come up, okay? (laughs) To come up if you don't want to, but it'd be lovely to have a good number up, if you can. Find a seat somewhere, either on the floor or on the bench, pew. Lovely, jubbly. Now, uh, when John said about saying the memory verse, some of you looked a little bit nervous. It's all very well and good doing it yesterday, but can you do it today? That's what I'm looking forward to hearing. Now, uh, I need a quick volunteer. Ah, go on then, I'll pick you. Okay, this is what I want you to say, Okay. Hello everyone, it is good to see you. Fantastic, well done. Okay, go and sit down. That was nice and easy, wasn't it? Okay, this time though, I want all of you to put your fingers in your ears so you can't hear me, but don't do it quite yet because otherwise you won't hear the next bit. And then I'm going to say something and I want you to see if you can repeat it back to me, okay? Does that make sense? So fingers in your ears as tight as you can put them. Okay. Okay. Who can tell me? Go on then. It's a lovely day today. Very good. You can lip read. Okay, right, not asking you again. Right, next one. Okay, you ready? Fingers in your ears. Not that it really matters. 
No, good effort. The cat sat on the mat. Yeah, well done. Bit random. But you know, there you go. Right, uh, next one. Fingers and ears. Okay. Ooh, lots this time. Yeah. It's dark blue is my favourite colour. Well done. Fantastic. Spot on. Do you know, I love it when it's getting to sunset and it's really dark. It's got that lovely dark blue. I think it's dark blue anyway. It's lovely. Right. Last one. See how you get on with this one. Okay. Fingers in your ears. I have to check this one. Okay. Good luck. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Hippos don't have long necks like giraffes. Fantastic. Well done. Very, very good. I wasn't sure anyone was going to get that. Well done. We, we need our hearing, don't we? It's a lot easier. Now, you actually, you did all right working out from my lips. If I'd have been facing the other way, you wouldn't have had a clue, would you? But it was very easy the first time. You found it very easy, didn't you? Because you used your ears. Imagine if, imagine if you could never hear anything. What sort of things, if you could never hear anything, what sort of things would you really miss hearing? things. Imagine you were deaf for a week. What would you really miss that week? Yeah. Voices. Voices. Yeah, you'd miss people talking to you. Definitely. Yeah, what else might you miss? Yeah. Hearing? Yeah. You certainly would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, you wouldn't be able to listen to people like me talking about the Bible and other things. Yeah, good. Yeah. There's a really big one that I think maybe some adults would really miss. Yeah. Can't listen to Jesus. Can't listen to Jesus. Yeah. Yep. Can't listen to songs. Can't listen to music. I think if you're deaf, it'd be really silent. What sort of things might you not miss just because it's kind of nice to hear, but what sort of things might you worry about not hearing? Is there anything that you'd worry about not hearing if you couldn't hear for a week? Go on. Yeah. Or like if a if a very strict teacher asked you a question and you didn't hear it. Yeah, you'd want to hear that. Anything else? Yeah. Good news. Good news. Yeah, you wouldn't hear good news, would you? What other sort of news wouldn't you hear? Bad news. Yeah. It's things like fire alarms. So we need ears, don't we, to hear. Um, Okay, what about, let's imagine that you couldn't speak for a week. You couldn't say anything for a week. What would be really hard about that? Your parents would probably love it. But what what would you find really hard? If you couldn't speak for a week, what would be really difficult about that? Any ideas? Yeah, go on, Annie. Telling people what you want. Telling people what you want, yeah. You can't ask for a biscuit, can you, if you can't talk? Yeah, anything else? Yeah. Can't answer questions. Yeah. Anything else? What about if you've had a tough day and you want to tell someone about it and you can't? Now, we're going to meet someone, well, sort of, in a story. I'm going to read a short story to you. It's someone that Jesus met. And this person, they couldn't hear at all and they couldn't talk. must have been really difficult for them. But listen to what Jesus does. Okay, so while Jesus was at Lake Galilee, some people brought a man to him. This man was deaf and could not talk. The people begged Jesus to put his hand on the man to heal him. Jesus led the man away from the crowd to be alone with him. Jesus put his fingers in the man's ears. This is a bit weird. Then Jesus spat and touched the man's tongue. Bit strange. Jesus looked up to heaven and took a deep breath. He said to the man, Ephaphtha, that means be opened. When Jesus did this, the man was able to hear. He was also able to use his tongue. And he spoke clearly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone what had happened. But the more he commanded them to be quiet, the more they told about it. They were really amazed. This is what they said. Jesus does everything well. He makes the deaf hear. And those who can't talk, Jesus makes them able to speak. Wow. Jesus completely changed this man's life and other people's lives as well. And a little bit later in the talk, we're going to come back to that. So bear that in mind. Now, just very quickly to finish, who did we look at quickly yesterday? Who did we look at in the morning? 
Mm, not quite. That was my talk, so you should remember that. Yeah. The person who couldn't see, the blind man. That was the morning. And then in the afternoon, we looked at the paralyzed man. Well done. Yeah. And do you remember how Jesus changed their life too? And in the talk, we're going to look at someone else Jesus healed from something completely different. And it comes up in the song, but I'm not going to tell you any more than that. And I'm going to hand over to John. Cheers, John. You know, um, we're going to sing, I think, first, the song that you, you were singing yesterday. Do you think you can do that? Yeah, of course we can. I think we need a bit of help again, though, don't we? Who's, who do we usually get to help when we sing? Steph, of course we do. Where is Steph? She can come and help me with this singing. Has she disappeared? Where is she? Come on, Stephanie. <laughs> Would you like to stand up while we're, while we're doing this, guys? Do you want to stand up? Stand up. Oh, we've got the words, Martin, yep. Are you ready? about that, Steph, but Steph's not going to be the only one that's going to be embarrassed now, so I need some of the leaders to come up now to help from yesterday with the memory verses, so could the leaders of the groups please come up and help us with um, the children's memory verses? Don't all hide again, please. <laughs> now, who's got a good memory? Who can remember what they, the memory verse was yesterday? How many hands up? Oh, a few of you. Very good. Very good. Yeah, we do the short bit. We do the younger ones first. So the, the, the youngest group yesterday, so the yellow group, who was in the yellow group yesterday? Yeah, do you want to stand up? Can you remember it? Yeah.
help them remember the verse, okay? So the first action was a heart for Jesus, who loves us. The second action was whole. Jesus is the whole world, he's all we need. And then the third action was rocking a baby. Jesus came to earth as a baby. He came to show us God's character and he died <coughs> for our sins. And then the last action was for God, who's the King of Kings. Okay, ready? So, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, you do it one more time? Ready? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. My brain would definitely have not remembered that. I'd have muddled it up completely. So that was fantastic. But but what an amazing verse to learn, isn't it? And to have in your heart such a brilliant verse to know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Fantastic, isn't it? Okay, do you want to go back to your, your seats now, to your parents? Well, before Mark comes up to us to, to speak to us as a congregation now, we're going to sing our um, second song. Who, O oh Lord, could save themselves, their own soul could heal. Our shame was deeper than the sea, your grace is deeper still. And again, please stand when the music starts. According uh, to the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, uh, for something to be life-changing, it has to have or at least be capable of having a significant impact on someone's life. Sometimes we use that pretty lightly, don't we? So you might say, oh, that travel mug you got me, the fact that I can still have a hot coffee by the time I get on the train, that is life-changing. In the past few days, uh, I've heard it 
used twice, very different situations. One was a very sad incident where there was a, a coach crash and it was, uh, people were described as having life-changing injuries. On a more positive note, at least for the people involved, um, I watched a, a few moments of the chase uh, a couple of days ago and, uh, and they talk about a life-changing amount of money. That amount of money, that's <coughs> life-changing. Some things in our life can completely change our life, can't they? might be the direction of our life or how we live our life. Maybe you've experienced that. It's possible. In fact, I know that some of you are here because your life has been changed by some life-changing moment. And if that hadn't happened, you wouldn't be here this morning. So it's good to have you with us this morning. This morning, I want us to meet the greatest life-changer in all of history. And in fact, he's so great that he actually changed history So the reason we call it 2023 is because of this person. You know who it is. It's Jesus, greatest life changer. When you read the uh, the historical accounts of Jesus' life, it's just packed full of stories of Jesus meeting people and completely changing their lives forever. By the way, if you want a free uh, biography of Jesus, come and ask us and we'll happily give you one. Yesterday in the morning, you children, as you've reminded me, we met the blind beggar, didn't we? Do you remember that? With James's talk. We met the blind beggar. And do you remember? He couldn't see anything. He couldn't work. He had to sit there. He had to rely on other people to help him. And Jesus came along and he healed him. So this blind man was no longer blind. We now call him the seeing man. And he followed Jesus. And he was so happy. And then in the afternoon... We looked at a paralysed man. Do you remember that? And the paralysed man, he couldn't get to Jesus at all. We had to have his friends to help him. And yet Jesus healed the paralysed man. And do you remember Gabe jumping around like a deer? Which will come up in a bit, because that comes up in a verse in the Bible in just a moment. But he was jumping around, wasn't he, with a big smile on his face. I don't think I'm going to forget that quickly. It was great. But he did all this... And, but do you remember, there was something even more important that Jesus did. Who can tell me, children, what, what was even more important that Jesus did? Do you remember, they told us in the interview. Lydia? Yeah, his sins were forgiven. So it wasn't just that he was healed, his sins were forgiven as well. And his life was completely changed. His life was completely different. He met Jesus. Jesus changed his life And the question we were left asking ourselves is, who is this man? Who is Jesus that he can do this? Because I've never met anyone like that, and I doubt that you have either. And that's the big question in the song, well done children, for singing that song. That's the big question, isn't it? Who is this man? We kept singing it. Who is this man? How do we know the answer? Well, we know the answer because the Bible tells us. Now, about 700 years before Jesus came, This is what God said he was going to do. He said, I'm going to come and I'm going to rescue you. And when I come and save you, because God's people were having a really bad time at that time. And God says, when I come and rescue you, when I come and save you, these are the sorts of things that are going to happen. Then the blind people will see again. Did we see that yesterday? Yeah, we saw that yesterday. When did we see it? Yesterday morning. Didn't we? The blind man seeing. What else will happen when God comes? Then the deaf will hear. When did we see that? The deaf will hear. Someone shout out. You should remember it. It was like 10 minutes ago. Do you remember in the children's talk? The deaf person hearing? Do you remember that? Good. Excellent. So Jesus healed deaf people. Crippled people, people who can't walk, will jump like deer. When did we hear that? Yep. In the afternoon. Good. And then, lastly, and those who can't talk now will shout with joy. When did that happen? Yep. It wasn't in the afternoon. Not quite. Well done. It was actually just now in the children's talk as well. And there were other people as well that were healed, that could talk, that couldn't talk before. So what we're seeing is... God says, I'm going to come and I'm going to do these things. And then Jesus comes and he does these things. And we start to realise, hang on a minute, Jesus is God. The song tells us 
who Jesus is. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. He can heal the sick. He can calm the storm. He's the Son of God. He can save us from sin. And he calls us to follow him. And this morning, just for a few minutes, we're going to meet one more person. One more person that Jesus meets and completely changes their life. And we're going to see how Jesus, the Son of God, deals with this person. And it's going to be good news for all of us. But we're going to have the reader now, and John's going to share the story. Thanks, John. Found in Luke chapter 5, and it's verses 12 to 16. So if you've got your Bible with you, you can open up to Luke chapter 5, 12 to 16. But the, the passage will be up on the wall to you to follow along with. So this is talking about Jesus. Now, while he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourselves to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now even more, the report about him went abroad and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. So the person who wrote that is called Luke, and he was a doctor. So he knew, if someone was full of leprosy, as he describes him, he knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was going on. And, and this, this man had leprosy all over his body. It wasn't just like on a little bit, he was full of it. Now when the Bible says leprosy, it can mean a few different things. It doesn't necessarily mean exactly what we think of when we think of it today. But what we do know is that this was a horrible disease. And it, it was a disease that sort of destroyed you from the inside out. And it, this man probably would have been quite disfigured. He might have lost his fingers and his toes, possibly more than that. It was, it was a horrible disease. Now, thankfully, we don't have to worry about this in England. But in Bible times, it was actually quite common. And people were terrified of it. And, and as we go through, you'll sort of see why people were so terrified of it. It was, it was a horrible Disease. Sorry. In fact, one person described it as this. One person described it as a living death. It was a horrible thing. It was miserable. And there was no cure for it. There was no medicine that they could have to make it better. Once you got it, that was it. And you were basically just waiting to die. It was awful. But do you know what it made it worse? What made it so hard for these people is that they had to live in isolation. They had to live by themselves. They weren't allowed to live with anyone else. Now, children, this is a question, and I don't know the answer, so I need your help. Do you still play Lurgy in the playground? Any, no? You're looking at me a bit weird? No? Lurgy? Hopefully some of the adults are thinking, yeah, we used to play that. Yeah. I think that's just us getting old. Basically, if you had the lurgy, you had to go and pass it on to someone else and you had to give it away. It was like a germ and you used to chase other people and give it to them and then they had the lurgy and everyone avoided them if they possibly could. Well, that was just a, a fun little game. But here, this man really is like that and people really do avoid him because this is serious. This is life and death. It's a really serious thing that he's got. Sorry, keep pressing buttons. You weren't even allowed home if you had this. You had to keep at least two metres away from someone. So imagine someone was here, you'd have to be, like the, the closest you could get is here. So we got a little bit of a taste of this during COVID, didn't we, when we had to sort of stay apart from people. But never getting any closer to anyone like that. It was awful. And they had very strict rules to protect people because it was so dangerous, it was so deadly, that they had really strict rules. They're actually quite awful to read. This is uh, Leviticus 13. It says, The leprous person who has the disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his or her head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip. Basically, this was to show everyone that they had leprosy so that they could see it from a bit of a distance and keep away. 
And they had to cry out, unclean, unclean. Okay? So let's imagine, John, are you alright just to stand up so I didn't prep you for this? But if you can just stand up. Now let's imagine I'm a leper and I'm just walking around. I'm going down at a forest path and I see John. Do you know what you have to do if you're, if you're a leper? You have to shout, unclean, unclean. And John, yeah, he would turn and walk the other way. And I would probably walk the other way as well. You couldn't get close to people. And so if the wind was blowing, you had to stay even further apart. It was a horrible thing. Imagine, imagine having to shout unclean every, every time anyone got even a little bit close to you. It, it was an awful thing. And then it, it carries on. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. So imagine this is my house. This is where I've been living. Okay, all my life. My family lives there as well. It's a great little house. But one day, the doctor tells me, I've got leprosy. And you know, I can't live there anymore. I can't go home that night and have a good night's sleep and think, well, I'll move out in the morning. I'm never allowed back. I'm not even allowed close. So it might be that you can see your family coming in and out, but you can never get close to them. You can never go in that door again. If you went in that door then it would count as if everyone else was unclean in that house too. They'd become sort of almost infected with what you've got. That's how serious it was. So they had to stay away. They used to sort of go and live in the woods or out in the desert. So they couldn't see their family. They couldn't touch people. And and the worst thing is as well, they, they couldn't go and worship God. In those days, they had to go to the temple to worship God. We can worship God anywhere. They had to go to the temple, and they couldn't do that. They couldn't be with, a, with people like this morning. They, they couldn't come to church like this. They'd be by themselves. It was a horrible thing. It separated them from God. And this man is desperate. He's desperate. And so one day, he knows Jesus is in the town, and he comes into the town. And he's probably not even meant to be in the town. But he's so desperate to see Jesus that he goes into the town. And it says this, and when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. You see, he knows that Jesus has got the power to heal him. Jesus is the great healer, but he's not sure whether Jesus would want to. No one's been near him for so long. No one's shown him any love for so long. Will Jesus want to heal me? He might not. He knows he's got the power to, but will Jesus want to help me? I don't know. You know, sometimes nowadays it's the other way around. We sort of think of Jesus as this incredibly loving person, but we don't think of him as powerful. With this man, he knows he's got the power, but can he love me? He says, you can make me clean. It's a good answer. He says, you can make me clean. This man, you see, it wasn't just the leprosy, it was the fact he was ceremonially, ritually unclean. And he wants more than just healing. He wants to be fully healed so that he can go back and mix with people again. So that he can go and worship God again. He's broken. He's separated from God. It's really tough. He wants cleansing. Is Jesus willing to help this man? Yes. Absolutely, this is what happens. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will, I will heal you, I will cleanse you, be clean. When you read the Gospel of Mark, it says he was filled with compassion, filled with pity. And do you notice what he says? That he reached out and and touched him. You know, Jesus didn't have to do that. There's other stories in the accounts of Jesus where he heals people. He's not even in the same town as them let alone the same house. And he heals them and they go back and they've been miraculously healed. Jesus does not need to touch this person to heal them. And this man, he would have smelt pretty bad, he definitely looked pretty bad. And yet Jesus deliberately touches him to heal him. I don't expect anyone to touch this man for years. Sometimes people called them the untouchables. No one wanted to go anywhere near them. You know, we're designed to have physical touch. As humans, we're designed to have physical touch with each other, with friends and family. So it might be a hug. 
Or it might be a good old handshake at the door. Or it might be a pat on the back. You know, those things are important for a bit of a welcome. But we also need them. We need that touch. You know, during COVID, some of you who lived together in the same house might have not got very long into it and and been thinking, I cannot wait to get away from these people. Um, But actually, some of the people who found it really hard, and there were a lot of them, were people who lived by themselves and didn't have contact with humans, physical touch with humans for a long time. No hugs or handshakes. And for a lot of people, that was one of the hardest things during all that time. I heard this week um, that some prisoners, when they're in sort of extreme um, isolation, they'll actually cause trouble on purpose because they're so touch-starved that they'd rather sort of get beaten down by the riot sort of police in there than not have any touch at all. We're designed to have physical touch, and this man has been touch-starved for potentially years. And so out of compassion, out of love, Jesus understands what he needs. He needs that friendship. He needs that tap on the shoulder. Say, I've healed you. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately, immediately the leprosy left him. Isn't that amazing? This isn't a kind of, did it happen, was it Jesus, or was it just something he ate for dinner that managed to cure him? No, instantly he was healed. No doubt about it at all. Jesus has healed this man. Now normally if you touch a leper, you become unclean too. That's why everyone avoided them. We don't want to become unclean. But Jesus touches the leper. And instead of the Jesus becoming unclean, the leper becomes clean. Isn't that amazing? Jesus is too powerful for leprosy. Do you remember the first verse of the song? I said it would come up. Jesus met a man covered in disease. Coming back to you. Can you think of the next line? Jesus met a man covered in disease. Knew he needed to be clean. Jesus just touched him. The disease was gone. Is that the action? Only God can do that. Who is this man? He's the king of kings. He's the lord of lords. He can heal the sick. He can calm the storm. He's the son of God. That's who he is. Another life totally changed by Jesus. This leper. Now this ex-leper now, he had to go to the priest to get checked out to show that he could go back and mix with everyone and all that sort of thing. And it was a long hike. It was a lot lot of miles. But I bet he bounced down that road, don't you? I bet he jogged a little bit. Think about when he got home for dinner as well, whenever he was able to do that. It might have been a couple of days later because of how far he had to travel. Imagine when he got home for dinner. He could talk to his family. Look. Look at what's happened. Jesus had changed his life. But as powerful and as wonderful as that story is, and I think it's pretty wonderful, how does it affect us in Crowborough 2023? Because it's a good story, but it's a long time ago. How How does this affect us? Well, I hope that none of us this morning have leprosy. If you do, you probably should have warned the welcomers on the door. We don't have leprosy, and we probably never will. But but in the Bible, leprosy is like a vivid picture language. And it's vivid picture language of the sin in our lives. The Bible describes it as like a disease that all of us have in us, in us. And sometimes when we think of sin, so often we can think of like the really bad stuff that really bad people do. That's so often how we think of it. But the reality is, the Bible says, that actually all of us have done wrong. All of us have not put God in first place in our lives where we should have done. He should be king. And like leprosy, sin is destructive in our lives. It destroys us from the inside out. And the worst thing is, is just like leprosy separated people from God, that's what sin does. It separates us. It creates a barrier between us and, and God. It isolates us. It makes us spiritually unclean. But Jesus hid in the leper is a beautiful picture of what Jesus can do for us. Just like Jesus can heal a leper, Jesus can heal us from our sin. He can forgive us. He can cleanse us. And all we have to do is ask him. And it might be this morning that you've come, or you think about coming to Jesus 
with a fair bit of trepidation, a bit like the leper. You sort of think, Jesus wouldn't accept someone like me. If Jesus knew what I'd done, or if the people here knew what I'd done, there's no way, no way Jesus would accept me. And yet Jesus says, yes, a thousand times yes, I will forgive you. This is why Jesus came. Shortly after this story, Jesus is talking to some people and he says, look, a doctor isn't for well people. If you're well, you don't go to the doctor, do you? It's if you're ill, it's if you've got an issue. That's when you go to the doctor. And Jesus says, I came for the people who are guilty. I came for people who know they've done wrong. That's who I came for. Not the people who are perfect. I came for people who know they're sinners. You know, I had a friend once and they knew I came to church and they just made an off-the-cuff comment. They just said, I think if I went into a church, I'd probably burn up. And I thought it was so sad. They didn't feel good enough to come to a church. And I thought, but that's what church is for, for people like that. It's for people who aren't good enough. That's who Jesus loves to deal with. That's who people, uh, that's who Jesus loves to meet, people who know they're not good enough. This is what church is all about. Now imagine if, imagine if that leper had said, right, I want to go and see Jesus, but I'm going to make myself look, you know, look respectable first. So he sort of gets out a comb and brushes his hair, what little he's got of it. But it, but his face is still disfigured and he hasn't really got fingers and he's sort of, he's, he's lost most of one of his feet. And he sort of says, you know, I'll try and make myself respectable. He'd never do it, would he? He had to go to Jesus as he was. He couldn't make himself any better. He didn't have a choice. But he went to Jesus as he was and Jesus accepted him. And you know, so often, we try and do what that leper, well, have just described him trying to do. We try and make ourselves good enough for God. We think, well, I'll come to God, but there's a few things I need to sort out first. There's a few things I need to stop doing, and there's a few things I need to start doing. When when I'm good enough, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll come to God. People say that. Maybe that's how you feel. I'll come to God one day, but not yet. There's a few things I've got to sort out first. You know, in my life, there's one of the things when I was a bit younger. I, I wanted to follow Jesus, but I wanted to be good enough first. Because I thought, if, if people know I follow Jesus, and then they, they look at me and think, well, he's not perfect, then then that would be bad. So, so I, I tried to be good enough. And the, the problem I found is that the more I tried, the worse I realized I was. And, and I know lots of other people who have tried to be good enough. And the reality is, the more we try, the more we just realize how far short we fall. You know, none of us are good enough for God. But, but Jesus says, Jesus says, come as you are. Don't sort yourself out first because you can't do it. Come to me just as you are. That's what the, that's what the leper did. And Jesus meets us where we are. In the mess of life in the middle of struggle, in all our guilt, in the middle of addictions. This is where Jesus meets us, in our mess. And he reaches out and he touches us. Even though we're just like the leper, the Bible says. He reaches out and touches us and he forgives us. And all we need to do simply is ask Jesus. You know, all of us can do that. Even if we've lost our voice, we can still get something out. The leper, all he had to do was ask Jesus. It's all we need to do. All of us here can do that. It's not hard. It's not difficult. It's very simple to ask Jesus to forgive us. And he does it willingly. And then we can happily, obediently follow Jesus, just like the blind man did that some of us heard about yesterday. Some of you will have heard of uh, Tim Keller. Um, he a, a, was a famous... Um, so a Christian book author, um, well known in um, particularly New York. In fact, it hit the New York news because he, he died this week. But this week there were loads of things coming up about him, loads of quotes. And this quote came up and it just seems to fit so perfectly. He says, the gospel is this. So the good news about Jesus is this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. That's tiny writing, so I'll read it again. 
We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. And the forgiveness Jesus gives us is free, instant and complete. How can he do that? Children, just quickly, how does the the, the, uh, first line of verse 3 start? Can anyone shout out? First line of verse 3 of the song. Just go and shout it out. Not quite. Jesus on... Jesus on a cross was crucified. Darkness covered all the land. This is what Jesus does. He gives us his life. And he takes the death we deserve on himself. There's a verse in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21. It says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. In other words, just like Jesus met the leper and took away his, his, his leprosy, that's what Jesus does for us. He meets us and he takes away our sin. And he, he actually takes it on himself. He takes it on himself and on the cross he dies in our place so that we can have his life. We get his life, he gets all our sin. And then the, the song carries on. After three days, Jesus rose again. That's what we celebrate at Easter, isn't it? Jesus rising again. And I'm nearly finished. But I just want to say, this truth is life-changing. It's life-changing. It changes everything about our life. When we follow Jesus, it changes everything. It changes what we live for. It changes the meaning in our life. It changes our hopes, our motivations, our priorities. It changes our future. And when Jesus forgives us, He forgives us and he calls us to follow him in obedience to him. And we can look forward to being with him forever. And I just want to finish just by saying that there are some people here, a good number of people here, who have had their lives completely changed by Jesus. And they can say that what I've been saying is true. Jesus is a life changer. And so John and Steph, so John and Steph, they're leading the Sunday school, they've already been up the front. Their lives have been amazingly changed by Jesus. Chat to them after, if you want. And James and Vicky, can you give us a little wave? (laughs) So they were involved yesterday, and James was saying in his talk yesterday just how much Jesus has changed his life completely. Go and chat to them, ask them about it. And what you'll see is that Jesus has changed their life, just like he changed the people's lives that we've been reading about this morning. Thank you very much for listening. And if you have any questions at any point, always feel free to come and ask us. Thank you, Mark. Well, we're going to sing our last uh, song now before um, I close in prayer. And we're going to be singing, I stand amazed in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene and wonder how he could love me, a sinner condemned unclean.
just um, a couple of those. Please be seated now. <clears throat> this is just one for um, the members here of the church. Um, it's the last day to get your slips in the boat, so please, if you haven't done it um, so far, can they be in by, by the end of this evening? So that's just a, a quick one for, for the members here at church. A um, couple of other things. We've got um, Sunday School Flyer here for, for any children that came yesterday for the first time and, and they'd like to come. If, you, if your parents are here, pick one of these up. Feel free to, to come along. You don't have to come week in, week out. You can dip in and out. We're always happy to see children here. And um, just to say, you know, it's lovely to, to have the children come to a Sunday School where they don't have to pretend to be something that they're not. They can be themselves. And I always find it's wonderful when children come that they've got people, teachers here, that then are praying for them in different things that are happening in their lives. And I think it's a real comfort. But um, I really do encourage you to send your, your children to Sunday School. Encourage them to come along. Um, I'm sure they'll enjoy it. The children that we have that come week by week really enjoy it, love the time here. They love the singing, the crafts that they do, and um, learning more about Jesus. So please pick up a flyer. They're outside in the foyer out there. Um, Another thing is we have um, these Gospels of Luke. They're they're outside as well on a table. Um, If you want to learn more about Jesus, we heard um, that um, passage that Mark was speaking about in Luke. You can find it in here and read more. I really do encourage you to to take a Gospel of Luke back with you and learn more about who Jesus is. As we were learning, and the children have been learning, he's the life life giver. Um, Another notice is, we run a a Hope Explored course here. It's run over the the course of um, three weeks. Um, I really do encourage you, if you've got questions um, you want to ask or haven't been answered before, um, come along to that. I'd, I'd just like to read the back of it, actually. It says, Hope Explored is an informal and relaxed three-week course. It's for everyone who wants to find hope, peace, and purpose in life. It's run by ordinary Christians, people local to you, and is completely free. You don't need to know anything about the Bible, and you won't be asked to pray or sing. You can ask any question you like, or you can just sit and listen. Whoever you are, whatever you're thinking, Hope Explored is a place for you to discover the hope of a future that is better than you could ever imagine. And we have Martin and Jane, um, they're members here that run this course. And it says ordinary Christians, but they're not just ordinary Christians. They've, they've got an amazing story, um, and um, they've got an amazing God to, to talk and explain to you about. So I encourage you to come along to that. And I just, if you've never thought about God before in your life, or you've, um, you've ever had questions, I encourage you to come along to it. It's only three weeks course um, of, of one evening a week for an hour or two, just to ask the questions. And the gospel message doesn't say the bad news. It tells us it's the good news. Wouldn't you want to find out the good news from the gospel by coming on that course? So I encourage you. And if you do want to, just ask anybody here. Ask myself. You know, we can put you in touch with someone that could come along with you. But it's a really good and informal course to come along to if you've got questions to ask. Um, what else have I got? And just a reminder as well, we've got refreshments, donuts, lots of donuts next door. So kids, I hope you're hungry, you know. Parents, I'm sorry if they've got a lunch prepared for them. They might not eat much of it, but um, we've got lots of donuts to eat. And also, for all the children, after I've prayed, if you come up before everyone leaves and you can go out the back door and we've got a goodie bag for each and every single one of you to take along with you, okay? So that's really um, good to have, yep. Okay, shall we close? Shall we pray to God? Dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for that message that we heard this morning. Lord, we thank you that that message is about Jesus, the life giver. Lord, we know that there is nothing else that can change us in this life. No one can say that they can heal us from our sins except that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that he came into this world and was prepared to lay down his life for us. And I just pray that if there's anyone here that has questions that they want answered, Lord, I pray that they will come forward today and they'd ask people around and about us today or even join up on that Hope Explore course to know more about you. We thank you so much that you are the the life giver. We thank you so much that your gospel is the good news and that anyone who really truly looks into who Jesus is and is changed by him is changed for the better for the rest of their lives. We thank you so much for that. So, Lord God, be with us now as we leave here. We pray that you'll give us um, a good time to to catch up with people in the Sunday school. We pray that you'll bless the food to us as we eat it together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, do the children, if you want to file up first, and I can give you some um, goodie bags.